From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. Non-healing wounds of the foot or leg can mean that a person will face amputation. A vascular surgeon at Upstate is here in the HealthLink on Air studio to talk about limb preservation. Welcome to Dr. Palma Shaw. Thank you for being here. Now, Dr. Shaw, when we talk about non-healing wounds of the foot or leg, um, the wounds are not healing because of a circulatory issue. It's, they're not getting enough blood flow. Is that the situation? That often may be the case. When we see the patients, we try to assess what the etiology or cause of the wound is. It may be that the patient has underlying medical problems that are affecting their ability to heal the wound. It could be that the patient has what's called neuropathy, where they don't really feel pressure on the foot and have developed a pressure ulcer there. And although they have good arterial blood supply, they can't heal because they're always having causing pressure on that particular location. Because they can't really feel. They don't feel it. They have a numbness oftentimes. And that may be related to diabetes, but it may not be. Also, some patients have venous insufficiency where the blood arrives to the lower extremity or the foot, but it isn't returned well because the valves are damaged in the veins. And 10 million Americans have venous problems, so it's very common. And sometimes they have venous problems, and they also have arterial blockages. And having both of those together will increase their chance of problems healing the wounds and also increase their chance of limb loss or losing their leg. So we have to look at these patients, and many times it's not just one problem. The patients have to be assessed, and we have to determine whether or not they have adequate blood supply to the foot, the blood comes from the heart down to the toes, and then once it gets there, is the blood being returned well? And if not, are they swollen, and is that swelling limiting the oxygen delivery or arrival to the tissues that would you would need to heal? And then we have to try to determine why this happened. Was it a a poorly fitting shoe? Um, Were they, uh, did they have an injury or bang their foot? Uh, What caused this to start? And even dry skin with a crack in the heel in a patient who may or may not have diabetes, that can set this patient up for a major problem if they have blockages in the arteries that they're not even aware of. Something as simple as dry skin, it seems like everyone might have an issue with that to some degree, but something like that can lead to a major medical issue? Absolutely. These patients, particularly diabetics who have something called neuropathy, they tend to develop heavy calluses on the bony prominences of their feet. That may be the heel, it may be the sides of the foot or the toes, depending upon how their foot is in the shoe. And when that happens, they just get a crack and they may not even notice until it gets infected. Uh, Many times these patients are referred to a vascular surgeon late because the people have not appreciated the lack of blood supply. They never knew they had a problem. Some of these patients are also smokers. Many times the smokers are even more at risk. In fact, the highest chance of losing your leg is in a diabetic who smokes. So why is, you've mentioned diabetes a lot, why is this such an issue? What is it about diabetes that sets a person up for this sort of problem? The diabetics have problems with regulation of their glucose control. The sugars may run high. When the sugars run high on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, and they're not well controlled, they have trouble with 
the uh, wound healing, and they also have problems with their white blood cells, which are in the blood, and those are very important not only for fighting infection, but they're also very important for wound healing. They bring nutrition and they bring special things, enzymes, to the wound that help repair it. It's like fixing a broken sink and you don't have a wrench if you have a, a, or a broken wrench. So, you know, you can't fix it without it working properly. So when the sugars are always running high, a lot of the things in the body that would not happen in a, a non-diabetic are going to happen in a diabetic. So there'll be an increased risk of infection. They're going to have trouble healing. They oftentimes will have nerve and nerve problems related to neuropathy, they call it. And that will cause them to not appreciate whether they have too much pressure or whether if the leg is swollen, the foot is swollen, but their regular shoe usually fits, but they're more swollen in that on that day. Now they develop a blister or a wound and they don't even know it because they can't feel it to take off the shoe and put a Band-Aid on it or have it checked. And sometimes these patients with diabetes have eye problems called retinopathy and they can't even see the problem. They don't see well. So now they can't feel it, they can't see it, and sometimes they don't even notice it until the, it's, until the wound is infected. And then if they're a smoker also, doesn't smoking make the vessels um, constrict and get more narrow? So what so- happens in diabetics is that they tend to get blockages of the arteries below the knee. And in a smoker, they tend to get blockages in the arteries in the in the abdomen or the, you know, the, below the stomach area and in the upper legs. So if you have diabetes plus you're a smoker, it's a double whammy. They're getting disease at multiple layers of their, of their body. And having this what we call multi-level disease above the knee, below the knee, significantly increases their chance of losing their leg because now we have to sew as surgeons or balloon or treat tiny vessels in the calf, which are no more than three millimeters in size. Wow. Also, those patients um, who are diabetic, they don't compensate well for these blockages. So a person who's just a smoker who gets cramping when they walk because of blockages in their legs, um, they may notice now that they have a problem. But the diabetics don't always get that warning sign, so they don't have the opportunity to have their body repair this problem on its own. This is Upstate's HealthLink on air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, and I'm talking with Dr. Palmas Shaw. She's a vascular surgeon at Upstate, but she's also got expertise in wound care. And so what I wanted to ask you, with these non-healing wounds, if something develops, what are some therapies that could be attempted to sort of treat that before you face the prospect of, of amputation? What are some things you try first? First, when we see the patient, we do a full physical examination, and we want to look at the wound and first try to figure out why this happened so we can remove the the source of that problem, whether it's a bad shoe or something like that. Um, then we have to make sure it's not infected. If it's infected, then we may have some dead skin there that needs to be removed, and that's called debridement. And we put numbing medicine on the patient and we clean that up because you don't want dead tissue there. And then we may start antibiotics to treat that infection. Also, then we look at the patient and we check their blood supply. Sometimes it's obvious by listening, by feeling their foot or on the foot that there's a good pulse. But if not, we use something called a Doppler. And that helps us listen to the blood supply. If we know that that's not normal, we will also 
obtain a study where we put a blood pressure cuff on the calf and in diabetics, even on the toe to measure the blood flow to the toe. And if it's limited, then a vascular surgeon or vascular specialist really needs to see the patient to decide what we can do next. What we do next, if this patient does have limited blood supply, is we might recommend an angiogram or a dye study or a CAT scan with, in, with dye to try to see where the blockages are. And if so, then oftentimes we can treat this with a balloon or a stent, or sometimes we tell the patient that they really need a surgical bypass, sort of a bridge from A to B around the blockages. It might be from above the knee to the foot. I've heard um, heart surgeons talk about similar things, the stents and, and bypasses. You're doing the same thing. We just do, in a different part of the in body. In a different location, yes. Okay. Um, what about regenerative medicine? Is that something that is used for non-healing wounds? Once we've done standard wound care and we've assessed that there's no infection now, we've cleaned the wound, we know we have enough blood supply, and we've alleviated any cause, you know, uh, the problem that caused the, the wound in the first place, um, then we treat the wound for at least four weeks with standard wound care therapy. When the wound appears to be stalled out, almost like a car stalling, you need to jumpstart it. So the way to jumpstart it, aside from debriding it, cleaning off any dead cells that might be lining the wound, is to use other methods um, called advanced wound care therapies. Advanced wound care therapies may include something like hyperbaric oxygen therapy, where you put the patient in a chamber, almost like a diving chamber, and we have that here at Upstate. We use it for inpatient emergencies and also outpatient. And that can increase the oxygen concentration in the blood and help deliver more blood to the wound. That still does not replace good blood supply. Good blood supply is always most important, um, but it definitely can help in some patients, uh, particularly diabetics. Um, then we also have other therapies where we can use uh, um, artificial types of skin um, and cells um, neonatal foreskin, the foreskin from the baby, we can, has been taken and expanded and grown out in certain uh, uh, industries, and they're able to give us pieces of that in a petri dish, and we put it on the wound, and it will jumpstart the wound. And there's several other different uh, widely available therapies that we use. Those are considered advanced and do have, we use it all here and in our wound care center, and they have good results. Tell me a little bit more about the limb preservation team here at Upstate. So the most important thing to know is that not one person can do all of these things. These patients need to be approached in a multidisciplinary effort. That means that we need the primary care doctor involved. We need a vascular specialist to assess the patient. This may That vascular specialist may or may not be the wound care specialist. And if not, then you need a wound care specialist to manage the wound and assess that. If there's any infection or bone involvement, you need to have infectious disease involved. Oftentimes, you need a nutritionist to do a nutritional assessment and make sure that the patient has enough protein and, and is not malnourished or, or needs special diets to improve their wound healing. Additionally, having a social worker involved that might be able to provide some support to the patient, they may need help at home. Oftentimes, they need visiting nursing. If they need emotional support, this is very stressful for the patient. If they're diabetic, they may need to see a diabetologist. We often refer patients to our Jocelyn uh, Diabetic Center here, which has uh, a nationally renowned expertise in diabetic uh, management. 
So we and we also include podiatry or orthopedic foot specialists, as well as uh, as well as specialists just to create the shoes, special shoes for diabetics or or special types of boots to keep weight off the foot while the wound may heal. So it's a large group of people that are required that need to coordinate care, communicate well to provide the optimal care to the patients. And there is data in the literature showing that this type of limb preservation program can not only save limbs and provide good quality care to the patients, we can save money in healthcare by doing so. I'm assuming that the sooner a patient brings forward the fact that they've got a non-healing wound, maybe the better chance for a good outcome. How would you advise a person, how do you know when something is not healing the way it should? How long do you give a wound to to get better? Usually if the wound isn't healing over a week or two, I think the patient may want to talk to their primary care. Definitely, if the wound is not healed in four weeks, they definitely needs to be seen by a specialist. And these are wounds on arms and legs, feet? Most of the patients that we tend to see are in the lower extremities. Lower. Occasionally, there are patients with some diseases where we see wounds of the fingers, um, but the large majority is on the lower leg and foot. So if you get a cut or uh, a bruise or a bump or something that's just not getting better over a week or more, it's something really to bring to the attention of your primary care provider. Yes, the primary care provider is really the front line. They coordinate all the care. They know their patients the best, and they also are aware of all of the patient's underlying medical problems that, and medications. Many of these patients, for example, if they're on steroids for any reason, it can slow down wound healing. If their diabetes is not well controlled, this will slow down their wound healing. Um, if they're on any other form of immunosuppression, if they're getting treated for cancer, they, this would slow down their wound healing. So the primary care doctor is always the best person to start with, and they know the patient the best. But what we need to do is, as, as specialists in limb preservation is we need to educate the patients so they know what to look for. That's what we're trying to do today here. We need to educate the doctors, the primary care doctors and, and the nurses and the physical therapists and all of the other patients that just might happen to encounter this patient during their day-to-day Life, For example, the patient may go to a physical therapist for management of their arthritic problems to try to get around better, and the physical therapist may notice that there's a wound. They may actually be the first person to say to the patient, I think you need to get this checked out. So a lot of this is education, communication, and good collaboration. Well, this is an important issue, and I appreciate you coming in to talk about this. My guest has been Upstate Vascular Surgeon, Dr. Palma Shaw. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.